Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee, episode 53, Starship Troopers. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres, because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hi, I am your host, Hugh Lloyd, and this episode is sponsored by Rubber Johnny's Masks. You can find Rubber Johnny's Masks at www.rubberjohnnysmasks.com. You can find them on Facebook under Rubber Johnny's Masks and on Instagram. And don't forget to hashtag Rubber Johnny's Masks, purveyor of fine costumes, masks, movie props, and just they are absolutely fantastic. I'm going to be using their amazing, amazing props um, in my upcoming short horror film, School Hall Slaughter. They're absolutely fantastic. They're really, really wonderful, wonderful guys to deal with. You can find them on Etsy. You can find them on their website. Honestly, top, top quality, movie quality stuff. Okay, now, before I introduce my very, very special guest, making his podcasting debut, I believe, let's check out the trailer for Starship Troopers. In every age... There is a cause worth fighting for. But in the future, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. Hey, kid, what's going on? It's war! We're going to war! Now, the youth of tomorrow must travel across the stars to defend our world. We are a generation commanded by fate to defend humankind. Everyone fights, no one quits. We are going in with first wave. You smash the entire area, you kill anything that has more than two legs, you get me? We get you, sir! But they will face an enemy more devastating than any ever imagined. takes you to the front lines of the next frontier. Kill them all! Starship Troopers. And we are back. And I am joined by a man who needs no introduction, except I will do an introduction because it's his first time on the show... And it'll be very odd if I don't. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the one, the only, Mr. Christopher Lambert. How are you, sir? I'm very good, Hugh. I'm very good. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm okay. I love the fact that we have the pretense that we haven't spoken before we started recording. (laughs) Well, it's acting, love, isn't it? It's acting, acting, darling. It's acting, darling. 
<laughs> we air obviously oh, being, just... being two lovies, we air kissed as well uh, via uh, mwah. Mwah, mwah. virtual air kissing. <laughs> so, it, it, go break. It, it made me think just now, Hugh. Um, it, it just hearing your voice over over the uh, over the microphone here. It just made me think of when I was about fifteen, sixteen, and we'd be backstage in the Coliseum. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, you you'd come in drunk as usual, and uh, you'd whisper to me, you say, "Lambie, your body can do things now which it'll never be able to do again." And uh, yeah, sorry, where was I? <laughs> Having some kind of Vietnam style flashback. Um, <laughs> yes, no, we. It's. I think it's fair to say we have been friends for a very long time and stomped the boards on numerous occasions. Yes, yes. Uh, stomped being the apt word there. Yes, yes. <laughs> and of course, we are talking about, well, 1997's Starship Troopers. Yes. Well. Yeah. Fun. It's one of your personal favourites, I understand. <laughs> um, it, it is. It's, it's really up there. I mean, I watched it when it came out on VHS, uh, and I was, what? Seven and a half, eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> Classic um, parent in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, formative. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I went to the cinema to see this. Um, they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> well, I fucking hope not either. Um, but, it, you know, I can't believe it's night. So I was 17. I was 17 when this came out. So, uh, yes. Hmm. Anyway, it's an oldie, but a goodie, you know. It is, it is, and I think I think it's fair to say, Starship Troopers is one of the most misunderstood films um, of its time. I think there are lots and lots of people who did who just didn't get it. And I remember being sat in the cinema and thinking, "There's lots and lots of people cheering Nazis." <laughs> so it's just yeah. you know. well, you're saying the cheering as well but lots of people just didn't like it yeah yeah well there's that there was the you know it is a sort of it is a film that sort of really split people and lots of people just didn't quite get the satirical elements to this um and it is a deeply satirical film Deeply, well, I deeply. Hope so anyway. Well, yes, good God, yes. <laughs> um, so, so let's dive into the numbers here, because of course it was directed by one of my favourite directors, Mr. Paul Verhoeven. Um, it was produced by John Davison and Alan Marshall, um, based on a screenplay by Edward Numier, um, based on the book by Robert A. Heinlein. Now, Mr. Heinlein is. Have you read the book? Starship Troopers. I haven't read it. I've no. Luckily, on YouTube there is um, a full audio book. Yes, um, but <laughs> listening to somebody else read what is possibly one of the most boring books ever. <laughs> Um, well, I don't have to say much about that. It, it's the most mind-numbing experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it came out in 1959. Um, and to say that the book has some maybe slight right-wing leanings would be an understatement. Um, well, when you consider that it is just 
<laughs> what? No, it, it it's it's a I think a love poem to uh, well. I want to say Nazism, but it, it, just general fascism, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. And it, you know, but the really, really frightening thing—it was actually included on the uh, prescribed reading list for um, students of um, oh, what's the big mil- um, West Point Academy in America? West Point is, you know, <laughs> um, when well. This this is why um, I, I was a little bit hesitant then about um, the fascism side of things. Yeah. Really, um, it, it's it's not just well, well, fascism is never explicitly uh, talked about in there. No, um, but but it's certainly a military society. Yes, yeah, I think that's a you know that's a that's a fair. Um, that's a fair point, and I mean what and there's a brilliant you know the cast for this is he. Mm. Um, everybody in this is almost perfect looking. Yes, apart from the supporting cast. Yes, who are <laughs> um, expendable. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in every sense of the word. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, when you look at the cast, you've got—I mean, they starred, um, of course, Casper Van Dien as Johnny Rico, uh, you, Dina Meyer as. Uh, Isabel Dizzy Flores, uh, Denise Richards um, as Carmen mm. Ibanez, uh, Jake yeah. Busey, son of legendary madman Gary Busey, um, as Ace Levy, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. No, I love Neil Patrick Harris. I think he's just, he's, he's such a clever guy. You know, Doogie Hauser himself. Um, you've got <laughs> Patrick Muldoon as Xander Baraklow, Clancy Brown. Now, we Clancy, Clancy, a guy, man. yes, <laughs> just I'm, what a guy! Yeah, absolutely amazing. Now he pops up on this podcast all the time um, in varying roles, but he is superb. He is absolutely superb in this, and he's such a great character actor. Um, and then we get Michael Ironside, the legendary, legendary Michael yeah. Ironside as Raz. Uh, Raz he stole the show, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, he did. Raz check it isn't it Raz check yeah 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 uh you know and i mean this it, it goes on i mean the list goes on and on and on and on um because it's a it's a it's a big film it's got a, it's a big scope film it's sweeping um in a number of ways um but like it's set you know the first part of the film is set in uh Buenos Aires. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, in any way, shape or form that there's any connection to sort of any Aryan looking people uh, coming to power in Buenos Aires in any way, <laughs> shape or form. The blonde haired, blue eyed kind of mass part of the population. No, 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 there's, no. there's nothing. No, 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 no reference to that. No, 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 <laughs> no not at all. Not at all. Here's an interesting thing while we're on that little topic. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, I was quite surprised watching it back because you know I was thinking this kind of Aryan idea playing out yeah, throughout yeah. The, the, the the film. Um, quite a lot of ethnic, uh, what we what we would call ethnic minorities, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, black and uh, uh, Hispanic type peoples, really. Yeah, yeah. But and I counted this because I'm this kind of sad guy. <laughs> there were seven Asian characters in the film in the in the entire film. 
Ah, there we are then. <laughs> Seven. One of whom had lines. <laughs> right, okay. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's quite possibly one of the most random facts ever brought up on this podcast. Well, the reason that I, I, I kind of picked up on that was talking about the book. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, one one of the reasons that the the federation kind of came to being apparently yes. was um, uh, to stop Chinese hegemony. Well, <laughs> there we go. Um, I mean, so I I don't know if that's something that was intentional, but um, yeah. A bit concerning, I thought. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this, I mean, I remember somebody describing this as a fascist wet dream. Um, (laughs) It is, you know, but it's sort of done, I think if you come into this film with a completely um, stony face, then you're going to take this seriously as a, uh, you know, as a straight up, non-tongue-in-cheek film, this is going to come across as a bit of a sort of what-am-I-watching moment. But if you can get the the wink-wink, nudge-nudge approach that it does have, because this film plays it very, very straight. Very, oh, very yeah. straight. Absolutely. There's no... I mean, obviously, the entire thing is irony, but there's no irony to how it's no. being done. No, no. And it is just... Um, it's, you know... This film is loaded with great, great one-liners. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite lines in this um, is where they all go to sign up. And they've got the uh, the guy um, who's signing them in. Good uh, for you. Yes. And he sort of, you know, fresh. Uh, <laughs> and the opening line of his line is, fresh meat for the grinder. I know. I, I, I had that one written down, man. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and then he sort of, you know, that sort of, um, that line where he says, mobile infantry. Yes, well done, son. Made me the man I am today. And he's, you realize he's got a false arm. And then he pushes the chair back and he has no legs. The reveal. The reveal is, <laughs> and it's, you know, there's not a, you know, the timing on it is absolutely perfect. It's absolutely oh, yeah. perfect. Um, and you know, you, you know, and he, he sort of just rolls back and then, you know, you can see Johnny Rico looking down at him thinking, fuck, what have I, what, what have I got into? You know, it's, but, this is the thing with all of the older people then, I don't think there's one of them who, apart from maybe Rico's parents who aren't horribly disfigured in some way. And they get killed in, um, in a meteor attack. So, so they are hideously burned somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Or squished. Or squished. I mean, this is, you know, this is a film that is sort of, you know, and I mean, like, even in the scene, uh, and we're jumping back and forth, we're going to do this, you know, and there's going to be spoilers, people. So if you haven't seen it, why are you listening to the show, first of all? Pause this, watch it, and then come back. And, you know, the... (laughs) You know, you got Johnny's parents saying, "I'd rather take twenty lashes in pub in the public square," and you think this is. Yeah, I'd rather get corporal punishment. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> and it's just disgusted about it. it, it disgusted, a very sort of right. How dare you? This, I'm, I'd rather be beaten in the public than let you. You know, and you can see that it's actually you know, this. This is something that happens on a regular basis, 
and you've got all, oh, yeah. you've got all the propaganda stuff as well. You got oh, all. Well, that's of... just a staple of his stuff, though, isn't it? Of uh, uh, Van Dier, uh, sorry, Verhoeven. uh, Paul Hoven's, uh work. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you look at you know Robocop, um, and you got the, I buy that for a dollar, and the sort of you know, <laughs> you know, you're at the open heart clinic, you know, Yamaha, you pick the heart, you know, it's that it's you know you got all of these type of things got, and even in Total Recall, you know, where it's. It's still slightly less tongue-in-cheek, but it's still there. We get the adverts. But here, you got that sort of, you know, the opening scene of this is a, would you like to learn more? Um, you know, and they've got, I'll do my part. And they're all lined up in their uniform and the the blonde, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid appears in his uniform saying, I'm ready to do my part. You know, it's just, it's insane. It's an insane film. Well... From, I, I have researched this quite heavily. Um, uh, believe it or not, I am that much of a geek. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is based on um, a, a Nazi propaganda film. This opening sequence, wow. um, uh, and it's called. Oh God, I, I, I had it written down, but um, I, I threw it away because I think I'm on a watch list now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's suddenly like, the um, pizza van that has been parked outside your house for a week disappears <laughs> and comes back as a flower delivery van. It, it makes sense. Just um, I, there's a lot more people in suits and sunglasses around. <laughs> people, you can hear somebody breathing on the end of your phone. <laughs> just every now and again, I just hear the clicks. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to see if I can find it in my notes at some point. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's um, a, a Nazi propaganda film, and it's basically like a scene-for-scene scene, uh, copy of that um, Nazi rally. Um, yeah, it's a, do- yeah. a documentary, mate. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible that he's, he's gone through the effort of going... Oh, is it uh, triumph, uh, of, is the, is it triumph of the Will? Triumph, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, Triumph of the Will, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, um, I mean, even the, the use of the the the, um, the Federation's eagle, and uh, yeah, and I mean, it, when you, and when you see them, um, the uniforms, um, and like when they're on, they're in the space station, and they're on, um, they're on sort of R and R, and they got the jack boots and the um, you know the braces and the hats and all those type of things. It is just sort of it's it's very very striking. And I remember sitting there. Well, let's be fair. If you're going to have a, a, a future where you know everybody's perfect, everybody should be wearing Hugo Boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and I mean, when you look at the sort of, and again, even down to the sort of, because um, you don't really get a reason why um, the war with the bugs actually started. You don't get that sort of idea. You get this. Uh, you get this little clip of and I, and I <laughs> extreme Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> you have <laughs> it's like let's vilify someone. Yeah, it's, they ignored government uh, advice. So, yeah. or, uh, and then uh, they show all the torn bodies, limb from limb, and then it talks about the um, the bugs hurling their spawn into space. You know, it's... Um, it's all so oversimplified, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Completely. 
completely. Let's digest this. Let's digest this and, and go off and fight. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? It is the classic film of let's all go to war and let's everyone die around them. And, you know, I, uh, you know, Verhoeven described it as um, all quiet on the final frontier. Which is. Yeah, is that what he called it? That, is that what, that's how he described the film, is all quiet on the final frontier. And he sort of, people asked him about, you know, why are you. Um, you know, why are you making this film? This is, you know, this is a very, very sort of, uh, you know, this, this is a right-wing fascist sort of almost like propaganda movie, you know, and, and Michael Ironside was doing an interview and I, re- and, and I found this quote and I love it. And he said, you know, he and he said this, he said this to Paul Verhoeven. He said, well, you know, why are you doing a right-wing fascist movie? And Verhoeven gives a, br- he gives him a brilliant answer. And the answer is, if I tell the world that a right-wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, no one will listen to me. So I'm going to make a perfect fascist world. Everyone is beautiful. Everything is shiny. Everything has big guns and fancy ships. But it's only good for killing fucking bugs. And that's it. What is it good for? It's the bleakest message you can possibly get from a film. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's completely nihilistic, isn't it? Yeah, nothing matters apart from victory and winning and just perpetuating violence. Yes. Uh, the supreme force. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and that's the thing, isn't it? In schools, we spend a lot of time telling kids, you know, violence doesn't solve anything, you know, stop it, you know, you, you keep your hands to yourselves. If you've got a problem, you come and talk to somebody. But yet, here it is in the classroom, a man who's missing an arm. Um, clearly from some kind of war, turns around and says violence is the ultimate, um, uh, is, is the ultimate use of, um, uh, authority. Which. Give us the example he gives as well. He says, um, what would the, uh, the, the, the founding fathers, the elders of, yeah. uh, Hiroshima say? Mm. It's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you watch this film, what are the thing you know? What are the things that really sort of um, that that jump out and strike you about it? Besides, obviously, some of the stuff that we mentioned. But what are some of the things that really sort of you know when you watched it, you just, it just got you. Um, I mean, there is the attractive side of the violence. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the, there is a lot of really gratuitous stuff in there. I mean, the deaths themselves are breathtaking a lot of them i mean yes. the first the first two deaths are two different fellas being ripped in half yes yes yeah and it's the noise <laughs> it's and the scream yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 there is that um and i mean to be fair to this film as well it doesn't shy away from nudity either yeah the shower scene um that's <laughs> That's a good one because it's a, it's done in a way to make it seem that everybody's equal and everybody doesn't care about being yes. naked around each other. Yes. But it's so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cast agreed to do that scene. They agreed to do that scene on the one condition that Verhoeven was naked whilst he was directing. And I think that's a fair deal. Yes, and he was. And he stripped off. Him. Yes, I mean the. <laughs> this is a film of extremes. It is an extreme film, and like 
one of my favourite scenes in the entire film is the knife practice when they're practicing throwing knives. Put your hand on that wall. Yeah. So he puts his oh, hand on Lord. that, and then he just throws the knife through his hand, and then he and then the, 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 yeah, and then you get the call medic, and it's something that you hear time and time and time again. It is. I have to say though, they obviously have like um, a, a national health system. They they, they have. Um, yes. A socialist way of doing medicine, which yes. is which is a nice out to pose to. Yes, uh... yes, I suppose it is. <laughs> I suppose it's one way of looking at it. I mean, this film has got so many. Um, I mean, there are so many themes that run through this film, and you know, it's it was quite interesting. In this, they sort of reduced the um, the bugs into, like, mindless sort of, you know, just just arachnid, like, proper bugs. But in the book, the actual arachnids, they they weren't mindless savage creatures. They were, you know, they were intelligent. They had advanced technology. um, You know, they had uh, missiles and space. You know, they were more like that. Uh, But yet the fact that they've taken the bugs and, and sort of really stripped them down to this sort of, like, almost animal level... Um. It kind it's only it's like only really towards the end where you start kind of taking pity on them. You know, <laughs> th- like these these creatures are being like slaughtered in like the hundreds of thousands. And right, you're seeing this now, and it makes me think of the the the, the Battle of Clendathu, which yeah. sounds like somewhere near Abergavenny or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Abba um, <laughs> it really does sound like a Welsh village, that. Yeah, yeah. But it in that it battle, resembles some Welsh villages. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an ugly planet, a bug planet. Cladach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are, it's perfect. Resolvan. It? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I ain't going but, back there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. No, yeah, no, no, can't no. Do no. It. Blood feud. As, <laughs> as they go into battle, which um, the, the actual scene is excellent with all the flares firing off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 absolutely yeah. brilliant. And then they go over the ridge to to start fighting these bugs, and they kind of all the bugs stop there and just start kind of roaring and baying at yeah, them. Yeah, And one one of the troopers goes, um, uh, "What are they doing?" And I think one of them says, "I don't know." But then Rico just goes, "Kill them all!" Yeah, it's just that's gunning them. Yeah, they could have been asking asking for peace or like to reach yeah. a compromise. There is no compromise in this film. No, and I think you know, and it's it's like the you know even the line where he's you know he's on the uh, you know and somebody said, "I'm from Buenos Aires," and I say, "Kill them all!" And that's repeated. <laughs> you know, that is the answer to everything. Kill them all, and you know. Ev- Everybody is firing massive guns. There's huge explosions. Um, but the guns are pretty cool, though. It, yeah, and, and that's the thing, though, isn't it? The film looks very, very cool. Um, but the budget uh, was massive as well, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, the I, the budget for this was, um, it was $105 million. Um, it only took $121 million at the box office. Um it did particularly just because of Titanic. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. It's sort of in the US. It 
it grossed um, a total of 54 million. Um, but it sort of went on to sort of um, receive sort of, it, it did better in, in, in sort of particularly in Europe, um, which, you know, which is how sort of, and it's kind of like how sort of lot, uh, there are far more films that kind of do that really, that they don't initially have that sort of um, impact in the states, but they go on to make their money back worldwide, and that, that you know that's that's a very much a trend now. Um, but actually, um, I only realised this. This this was nominated for an Academy Award um, yeah. at the 70th Award for you know for visual effects because this film does look awesome. It looks absolutely you know it does look it, it, stunning. It really does. I mean, obviously the effects are amazing. The 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 the, um, the, the uh, CGI and what have you. Yeah, but the puppets. And 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 the models, yeah, yeah, the yeah. use of them with the CGI is just it, it works so well and gives you that tangible, uh, r- real feel, you know. Yeah, and I mean, what's what's, I mean, what is interesting about this film? It sort of, like, you say, it, it harkens back to sort of you know lots of you know pretty much every war film that has ever been made, um, but. What is really, really, you know, when you look at sort of films, you know, you look at, you know, you look at maybe, say, Platoon, you look at Full Metal Jacket, you know, um, even one of my favorite war films, which is The Big Red One. I absolutely love that film. Um, everybody in those films is absolutely stinking dirty. In this one, even when people are covered in blood and gore, n- there's not a single piece of hair that's out of place. Yeah, <laughs> there's not a single piece of hair out of place. Everybody looks immaculate. You know, yeah, they're polished, man. And, and again, it's this martial kind of everything is, is perfect. This is what we do. Yes. It's like the Spartans before Thermopylae preparing themselves for death. Yes. You know, they do, or doing press ups and stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. look good if we're going to die. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, and this is the other thing as well. Um, with this film and i think that's the that's the one thing that kind of blinded the audience to it really isn't it and verhoeven like you said he was going to make a world where everything was shiny and perfect and the and i think that's what sort of took the audience from actually see see it really focusing on the satirical side of this Mm. um and you know when you look at the cast um (laughs) in this film they all kind of sort of um I think this is pretty much the biggest thing that they did. They all kind of sort of, have, have sort of, you know, Denise Richards obviously married Charlie Sheen, um, which, you know, to be fair, you know, that, 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 that's a brave woman. Um, you know, and you had. She was reported the hottest woman ever by yeah, someone. I, yeah. I can't remember which. And she went on to be a Bond girl. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. She, in, oh, she is gorgeous, mind. Um, I mean, Neil pa- Patrick Harris has obviously gone on to other things, but like, you know, Casper Van Dien, uh, he married a princess. Um, yeah. I mean, he then sort of, you know, he pops up in like different p- bits here and there. Um, he made Tarzan and the Lost City. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, it's fair to say, um, I've watched a lot of crap. Um and you know, I always find that you know I always find something um redeeming. On this occasion I really, really, really had to struggle to find something about the is Tarzan film. 
Um, mm. But I suppose in so many ways he is the chiselled leading man, isn't he? Well, he, I mean, he comes from a Germanic background anyways. I think his grandfather was German or something. He comes from a military background anyway. Right. Okay. Um, so he, he just looks the part. He is, the, well, in this case, the kind of all-earth boy. Yes. Uh, you know, he, he is Mr. Mr. World then, as it were. You know, Johnny Rico. I mean, how much more of a, you know... Or, you know, action hero name could you possibly get? I don't know. Um, Michael Ironside. Well. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> oh, come on. You, look, you look at the names in this film, though. Um, uh, you, you, Commander Zim. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, oh, oh, the guy who plays um, uh, the priest in The Walking Dead. What's his name? Um, oh, he he, he he plays a guy called Sugar Watkins. Yes, yeah. What <laughs> name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seth Gilliam. Seth Gilliam. That's yeah. his name. Well, yeah. Well, here's the Sugar thing. Wat- Sugar Watkins. Now, here's the thing, right? You've got Johnny Rico. Ace Levy, yeah? Xander mm-hmm. Baraklau. Uh, Ra- uh, Raj- uh, Radchek, right? Marshall Dines. Gene. Gene Radchek. Yeah, right. And then you come to Johnny Rico's parents. And their names are Bill Rico and Mrs. Rico. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Rico. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, but they couldn't give her a name. You know, you could just see them all sat in the writing room, couldn't you? Go in. Um, look, we've used up our cool name quota. Uh, what? Are we? Uh, um, Dolores. Um, no. She's married, isn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Rico, we good. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, coffee and donuts. Oh, what about his dad? Oh, Bill? Yeah? No, that's his name. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Now, ah. This film started out as um, as another script called uh, Bug Hunt at Outpost 9. That was going to oh be... Oh, my the... God, you imagine if they kept that name? Oh, you see, it, there's missed opportunities, isn't there? <laughs> I would have seen that. There's, there's missing brain cells, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I spent uh, all day with teenagers, so I'm sure that has that has killed off a number of my uh, <laughs> of of my taste. You know, my my idea of sort of what's tasteful and what's not. But you know, they obviously then brought you know they they tied it closer to the book in some aspects and took it further away in another bit. But it's. Um, it's sort of, you know, it is very, very, you know, it's it's such a fascinating film. And it's got so many really cool moments in it. I mean, you know, the actual, like we talk about the bug hunt, you know, I love um, Razchek's um, entrance where, you know, that bait, it's got, it's, it's a bit of bait and switch, isn't it? Where you get that sort of, uh, you know, you don't know who's coming in. And they sort of say about, oh, you know, he was, you know, he's such a, you know, he survived Buenos Aires and, you know, you think, oh God, who's this guy? And and it's his teacher and it's such yeah. a great moment. And he's such a fucking badass. He's such a badass. And he gets, like know, I said, he steals the show, man. He just steals the show. You know, and this film has got some great lines. 
he's got some great, great lines. Have, have you got a couple of your favourites? Uh, from him? Uh, oh, well, obviously there's the I only have one rule. Yeah. Everybody fights, yeah. nobody quits. <laughs> if you don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is another thing. Euthanasia in this film. Yes. It's just kind of accepted. <laughs> yeah. All the fact I mean, we all know the idea of a mercy killing, but yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you know what's the scene that, you know, that I shouldn't laugh because it's supposed to be quite a hard, you know, quite a heartfelt scene where he tells him to take his helmet off um, and they're, they're using the live ammunition. Yeah. And the girl gets shot, and then she hits the floor and decapitates him, essentially. And <laughs> Johnny Rico's line is, this guy's head is all over the place. And he goes, medic! <laughs> <laughs> um, saying about that scene, I, rem- I remember when I was um, eight years old or whatever, watching watching the, the video... Uh, no, you could slow down the video. Yeah, like <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Yeah. I wanted to see that, and it's an amazing prosthetic that they put on his head yes. for the kind of face explosion that they do. Yes, it's absolutely brilliant, and um, yeah, that, obviously that stayed with me all my life. <laughs> I mean, my other favourite line is "Come on, you apes, do you want to live forever?" Do you want to live forever? Well, yes, essentially, but <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> what a great line. You know, it is an amazing line, and it speaks volumes for his character. It yeah. really does. You know, and it, uh, one day someone like me is going to kill you and your whole fucking race. Fucking race. <laughs> it's just such an awful thing to say. It's just a terrible thing to it's say. Genocide. Yeah, genocide. It is. <laughs> I like the scene where Dizzy is dying or is going to be killed. Uh, you know, and the fact that actually Johnny Rico, if he decided to start shooting the bug and not just going, no, he probably would have saved her. Why do they pull it out? Well, Why do they pull out the big claw thing? Surely that's going to do more damage. Wait till a medical officer sees you. Yeah, well, I, well use the next, but use the, use the line. And it's the, uh, Dizzy Rico, I'm dying. And Johnny Rico, bearing in mind now, she's just, she's got a giant fucking bug limb sticking through her. And, he, he got, and Johnny Rico said, no, Diz, you'll be fine. To which she, to which she replies, but it's okay because I got you. Fuck you, you idiot. You could have saved me. <laughs> You'll be fine. It's like how depressing is it though that that was her like entire life? She 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 was lying there dying with big bug bits sticking out of her. Yeah, and she's only concerned about having shagged him once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was a quickie at best. <laughs> well, he says you've got you've got twenty minutes, and it's like okay, can we get this done? It's like. It's just, you know, and then you get, and then there's the other line, because uh, I mean, this is this is a classic drunken quoting film, isn't it? Um, and you get the line: "Shoot a nuke down a bug hole, get a lot of dead bugs." Brilliant line, absolutely brilliant line. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just, again, that oversimplification of everything. Mm. Their entire mindset. Well, we're, you know, we're going to use nuclear weapons at very close proximity to each other. So... <laughs> Oh. You were asking about Razchek's lines as yes. well, and he's got the one where they 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 land on um, is it planet P? Yes, um, and they say if you find a, a, a bug hole, nuke it. Yeah, and his voice drops to this kind of disgustingly uh, aroused state. <laughs> well, there's the other, he gets the other line, doesn't he? Where he goes, they sucked his brains out. It's <laughs> Like, we laugh at it, though, but what else is there to say at that? Yeah. What else is there to say? He's just stuck his fingers into his <laughs> empty skulls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's just, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it's and I'm, like the scene where Johnny Rico shows up and he goes, I hear you've got a bug problem, ma'am. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it is. She's so pissed off with him as well. Yeah. It is just, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, it's an insane film. And I mean, the other scene, and I, 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 I remember sitting in the cinema and I remember watching it. And it's the scene where, you know, it's one of the, would you like to hear more moments? And they bring mm-hmm. the cow in to be <gasps> eaten by the, but they put the sensor thing over the top of it. And it then, makes it worse. Yeah, and you just and the, but then directly after it says live execution nine o'clock tonight. All channels. All, all channels. channels. So no matter what you, <laughs> children, you know, Nick at night, uh, Cartoon Network, no, everything stops. Live execution. It's after the watershed, though. Who? I suppose. I suppose <laughs> it's like something Channel Four would have done back in the eighties, isn't it? It's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, here's the other thing as well in the film. There is only a handful of uh, occasions where you ever see anybody reload a gun. I know. I want, I've always wondered how much ammunition these guns hold, you know. And they're clearly because all when from... When you see how little the, the magazines are, they're like, they're like a, a, I don't know, a phone or something. Yeah, and I mean, here's the, here's the thing, right? They're clearly from the school of the stormtrooper uh, from Star Wars school of marksmanship because <laughs> nobody can hit anything. Any, you know, no, I mean, you've got um, Patrick, uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character saying, shoot them in the, in, in the nerve stem yes. and put them down for good. Aim for the fucking nerve stem, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the firepower everywhere. Yes. I think they used all the bullets for this. Everyone's bullets. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, and I mean, it is, there is a sort of, there is a sort of fetish sort of feel to this film as well, isn't there, really? You know, between the sort of, the, the co-ed showers um, people, you know, getting fitted for like mecha units. Everybody standing around with, with complete, were completely naked. Um, nobody at all at any point is staring at anybody. It's just, you know, the fact that the the women are dressed like men. Um, it is sort of that sort of. There's very very um, 
everybody's carrying on as if there's sort of, you know, there's this sort of, there is a non-sexualized element to everybody's life now because everybody is so desensitized to violence, nudity, and everything else. But yet everybody is dressed in very, very pro- provocative ways. And, and having, well, I, I want to say teenage sex because they're supposed to be in like high school. But well, well, here's the thing: is that they're meant, they, they were, they're all meant to be in high school. And I, I guess how old Casper Van Dien was when he made this. He was 29. He was 29. He was 29. My age. Yeah. You know, he's hardly a teenager. Uh, And, and, well, how how old are you graduating? Is is it just that they mature quicker in 200 years? I I don't know. It's just, you know, (laughs) it's, there is something about this film um, that, you can you can look at this on multiple multiple levels, can't you? You can take this for you know on face value and just think this is just a ridiculous, blood and gore, silly science fiction film. Or mm. and then you can look at it from the point of view of it being a um, the you know the the satirical um, you know attack on. Um, military values this sort of this this ever you know the push ever more to resolve things by violence um this is you know or you know and then the other way you can look at it is this is a film that really you know is in some ways is attack on like we like you said about sort of um current politics in so many ways because it's not a film that sort of um has become dated in so many aspects it's kind of become um more and more, more real relevant. yes and i think as a um, film I, I think as you know as a film it will continue to grow like that i don't know whether i expressed that particularly well but i think that's sort of you know it is one of those films i i, I don't want to get political especially with the current state of things at the moment no no, no. and i'm sorry any kind of trump supporters out there but if you watch the the um the, the adverts that he's put, uh, his administration are putting out, and so on. You get that element of oversimplification. Um, yeah, I mean, the advert that CNN pulled um, about him, uh, about uh, the train of uh, immigrants coming up from South America. Yeah. that's the yeah. kind of oversimplification and the us and them that. Um, the bugs and humans. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, in this case, it's Mexicans and Americans and, and, and it's, it's, it's quite worrying that that is becoming the norm and something that has been thrown at us as, as, as a Western democracy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that sort of, that sort of move towards that. And what, you know, when you look at what was really quite sort of, you know, it, it really, really struck me where you sort of, because Neil Patrick Harris's um, character reappears, you know, after he's been off the training and those type of things, and the way he is dressed, you know, he, he, he you know, with the cap, with the skull on, and, you know, it, it's, it's very, very, you know, it's very much a slap in the face, isn't it? It is that sort of like, yeah. oh, shit, this is not, you know. And then he touches the bug at the end and says, it's afraid. And everybody cheers. Yes. Yeah, it's, oh. it's quite a sort of, 
it is um it's you know it it it, it takes it does sort of really sort of at that point takes you takes you out of the sort of you know the silly element to it you know that sort of like you know do you want to learn more federal you know this is war out of the ashes of Buenos Aires all this sort of like propaganda all of this kind of thing it does take you out of that moment where you realize and you oh, what, oh right this is quite dark well yeah what has anybody learned how has anybody actually gone on a journey in this no they've at best, they've gone from naive high school student to somebody who is uh, a firm believer in uh, the federation and citizenship and just violence for the sake of violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, you know, yeah, that is very, yeah, that's absolutely spot on. That is absolutely spot on. Um, but again, you know, you still sort of... Um, Whenever you watch it, there is that sort of, um, you know, you you look at it and like you you, know, you see the sort of, when, you know, when he's doing the demonstration video of your average arachnid warrior isn't that clever, and he blows off limbs, you know, there is something that is just ridiculously comical about that, you know, and you got the scene where you got the kids stamping on the bugs, and the and mother is sort of and laughing. laughing hysterically. It's like, yeah, and like, you know, one of the kids has got a pair of pink shiny Doc Martens on. It's, you know, it's, it it reminds me, and people will probably say, oh, you're seeing seeing far too much. It reminds me of the, the, you know, the the George Orwell line from 1984 about um, the boot permanently standing on somebody's face. You know, that, Mm. that, and, and it is very, very, very Orwellian in, in, in a number of ways. Um, you know, and, and it's that sort of, it's a, it's incredible. You, you, you sort of blend in sort of like the Sergeant Rock, uh, with George Orwell meets, you know, meets Star, Star Trek with the, you know, all these types of sort of things all blended into one. And it does sort of, it, it creates such an interesting piece on a n- number of different levels. Uh, you know, which is, which is just, you know, which, Again, it's something that you can come back and sort of take take more from every time you view it. I mean, for me as well, I think that is. A, I don't think genius is um, an inappropriate word here. No, but no. the amount of actors that he's used who have been in the nine hundred two one zero, yeah, <laughs> right, and you've just got that stupid kind of. Western culture in decline, if you if you ask me. <laughs> These people have no no real um, emotions behind them. They're so one dimensional. Yeah, and they just go in through what is essentially um, <laughs> a choice to have no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got these. <laughs> these individuals who are just part of a collective, and again, then you've got the play on the 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 hive mind of the yes. bugs and what. Yeah, it's really really clever, and people like you said right at the beginning, people did not get that. Yeah, yeah, no, well, no, and they I mean, just... yeah, I mean, this is a sort of. There's, it's that sort of the idea of the unbuilt trope that you know the, the sort of. Um, I think it's the cracked art, uh, something, I think I remember reading it called, um, I think it's called the cracked article. 
Um, and the, the it's an online sort of um, magazine that sort of you know uh, like an online. It's one. It, it's it occasionally it sort of pops up on like on one of my feeds, and it sort of it does have this sort of. It makes a really really interesting case um, about Starship Troopers that. If you look at it from today's, you know, view today without sort of context, um, it could easily be mistaken for like the war on terror. And you have this sort of militaristic right wing government, um, which is complacent in its own sort of superiority. Um, it suffers, you know, disaster, you know, devastating disaster that destroys a major population center. Uh, they blame a race of far off aliens on an isolated desert planet that couldn't possibly be responsible and go to war edged on by media propaganda. Um, and then they get bogged down into a, ca- you know, in the campaign. Um, but all of this was made in like 1990, you know, and this film was made in 1997. I mean, it comes, I mean, that, that, that all comes down to human, human nature and what it is that we do as a species. I mean, uh, there's always got to be that common enemy to function as a society. I mean, that's exactly what um, the Nazi government did uh, with um, uh, the Jews and and uh, the Gypsies and uh, yeah. and, and uh, you know that that that's how they demonise them for that purpose. And I mean, again, you look at what the Trump administration does now; it's demonising. Uh, I mean, Obama's did before. I'm doing this for balance. Uh, I mean. Uh, he was yeah, no angel yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you, you go back to uh, the British Empire, you've got the um, uh, 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 the Indian Uprising where they kind of galvanised uh, British opinions of, of the Indian subcontinent and then you go back even to the Greeks and you've got the Persians as the major enemy. You know, you've got... It's always a unifying factor, the other... And um, I think it really is brought out in this film. Yeah, yeah. And then all of that, you know, behind the lines of one day someone like me is going to kill you and your whole fucking race. You know, and yeah. it's sort of shouted in that heroic way, which is... which What's is meant for the cheer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know. you know, throw in, Rico, I'm dying. No, Diz, you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. You know. Uh. <laughs> I mean, this is such. I mean, it is. It is a. You know, it is a great, great film. That sort of. If I think if it was made by any other director other than Paul Verhoeven, I think it could have been. Um, it could have been a, re- a disaster. Just a completely disaster. And I mean, there's talk about a remake. Um, and there's been a talk about, yeah, I mean, I don't know where it is. I mean, there was talk about it being sort of, um, uh, done in about sort of, I think two, I think they they were talking about it back in 2011. Um, but luck, fortunately, it sort of, it never came about. Um, and there was talk again in like 2016 as well about a possible, um, now, this film did spawn a number of sequels. Have you seen any oh. of them? I did see um, Starship Troopers 2. Right. Um, I saw... Um, is it bad that I can't remember much about it? Uh, to be honest with you, I have not seen any of them, with the exceptions of the first ten minutes of uh, 
Starship Troopers Invasion, which is one of the animated films. And then I just thought, uh, do you know what? I'll come back to this. And I never have. However, what I did watch, um, again, as a kid, was the animated series. Ah. Which um, <laughs> was, as I'd say, as violent as the film, but um, the <laughs> kind of CGI and so on. Yes. But I used to watch that. I think it was on Sky One before I went to school. So, you know, <laughs> in, in, in the morning before I w- walked down to school, like, you know. Let's kind of put this in context. Both you and I went to an all-boys school. Yes, we did. Um, that I think it's... Which is no longer there. Which is no longer... Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Possibly for the best. Well, you know, if you think about, you know, who in their right mind locks up the best part of, like, a thousand teenage boys in one fucking building? Just at the point where they immediately just go, I need to have sex with something. <laughs> and when they can't, they, they fight. <laughs> and I know. Which I think might actually be relevant to our discussion well, here today. Yeah. Oh, you know, and I know <laughs> we'll make them wear all black. And we will, you know, and if your hair is longer than your collar, you will be deemed a homosexual and sent on your merry way. Ah. Ah. Education at its finest. (laughs) (laughs) Made me the man I am today. Today, Yes. Made me the man today. I am today. You know, and, (laughs) you know, and going to a school that, you know, pretty much lots of, you know, I think pretty much all the men in my family on my father's side were taught by people in that school and even when they went to you know when they came over from Rita Wine um, after a pupil had burnt the school to the ground God alive yes what? British education at its finest ladies and gentlemen oh <laughs> yeah God rest you Aberdeen Boys Comprehensive School yes yes <laughs> <laughs> but it does explain a lot though doesn't it it does explain a lot. I've still got a lot of explaining to do. Well, yeah, that cold case is looming. <laughs> so, now, now you've done an awful lot of research in this. What are, what's some of the interesting stuff that you've sort of been able to dig up from this one? Um, well, honestly, um, it's largely down to the cast. Um, I, I love how much... I can talk about the cast on this one. Um, it's not something that I'm traditionally uh, that great about talking about. Uh, 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 great about talking about. Uh, 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 but um, obviously, you've got the major cast. Your cast with yeah. Van Dien, you, you know. Uh, like I said earlier, they pretty much all of them have been in the 90210, which <laughs> is breathtaking, and I think it go- goes with the the look. Of yes. the film. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. But they are all really, really, really boring ca- uh, characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, really boring. And again, I think that's on purpose. Yeah. But the only one out of the, the, the main group then that I would say is interesting is Ace Levy. So Jake Boozy's character. Yes, yes. Um He's the only one who actually seems to have a personality out of them, and arguably is one of the best performances in the in the film as well. Yeah. The, but the sad thing about that is, he doesn't really do anything. No, no, 
No, he doesn't. Like, you'd expect him to, I, I don't know, have some re- uh, effect on, 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 the, on the plot, but he does nothing other than be there and say some cracking lines like, everybody should have a friend like me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got that, and I mean, of course, he's Gary Busey's son. He has that sort of yeah. wink, that sort of, that, that sort of sparkle of madness. Yeah, man. In his I mean, eye. When you can stick the, like, I mean, for me, uh, Gary Busey, Predator 2. Yes. Amazing Point, performance uh, in that. Uh, um, oh, um, what's the other one? Um, the Buddy Holly story. He is incredible as Buddy oh, Holly. Yeah. He is absolutely yeah. incredible in that. Uh, Point Break. You don't know in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he is incredible. You know, he is awesome in that. I mean, the other one, obviously, is Neil Patrick Harris, um, who is, you know, he, you know, he was the scariest motherfucker in the world. (laughs) He was in How I Met Your Mother, um, you know, and that ran from 2005 to 2014. Um, uh, What a brilliant run for something which I didn't like. Yeah, it just, (laughs) how did it not sort of, you know, end? But, you know, it kept going. Um, He, you know. Um, oh, what was the other one he did there? Um, oh, the Doctor, Doctor Horrible Sing Along. Oh, I don't remember that one. That, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. It is, re- yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it was a web series. Um, and, um, he's, you know, he's just absolutely superb. And it's this, like, idea of, um, uh, he's like a, he's like a really crap supervillain who falls in love with somebody. Yeah, Doctor Horrible Sing Along. It's absolutely superb. He, you know, it's really, really good. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And of course, he was in um, I, oh, uh, Lemony Snicket. The Smurfs. The Smurfs. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll glaze over that one. Um, yeah, he's in. He's um, Count Olaf, isn't that? Isn't yes, he? he is. Yeah. 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 So another kind of great performance from him. I didn't realize how big. he was with like musical theatre and stuff though oh yeah I mean he's a superb musical theatre he, actor superb I mean he was in Assassins yeah, and, and as well yeah he was in he was in Assassins um, the Sondheim musical which is quite possibly one of the most complex uh, musicals ever written um, mm-hmm. it is just you know it is it, it, it is mind blowing the other one who's sort of uh, on the cast is Dean Norris uh, oh yeah, from, uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, man. yeah, he pops up in this. He uh, does not look any different. <laughs> I tell you what, he also is in, and I didn't realise this, and it's only because um, we got a Terminator Two episode. So by the time this one comes out, fingers crossed that will be released because we hit a few technical snags on that one. Um, but um, he's he plays the SWAT team leader in it, um, and if you think about. Um, I mean, that came out in 1992, 93, I think. Um, you know, he's in that. You know, he plays a SWAT, and he doesn't look any different. He looks a little bit thinner, but other than that... <laughs> well, uh, well, that's the thing. When when um, Starship Troopers was made, he was, like, 35. Yeah. So he was only, what, six years older than Casper Van Dien. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if he looked exactly the same when he was about 12. <laughs> yeah, just bald and everything. But yeah, yeah, completely. Just, just imagine this, or, or like when he was nine, 
I could just imagine this sort of bald, really s- little guy running around the, you know, just just walking, doing like re- normal little, looking like a middle aged man. But speaking exactly the same as well. Oh yeah, uh, completely. That that yeah. deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> he hit this casting bracket really early. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. He just had to wait for everything uh, else to catch up with him. <laughs> I tell you who else I was uh, shocked turned up in this film, and I I, I was racking my brains. Do you know uh, know the character General Owen? Uh, oh God! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to figure out where the hell I recognised him from. He's the body in Twins. Yes, he is. Fuck me, I didn't even realise that. I was thinking, where the hell is he? And then I remembered, I got my driving gloves, I got my driving hat, and, and, I, it, oh, God. I, 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 days, days I went trying to figure out who he was. Well, yeah. And I mean, the other, and it's only watching this the other day, I'll tell you who else who pops up is Dale Dyer. Or Dale Dye, um, who plays one of the generals, who is like the go-to man um, for every oh, single... the chiseled air marshal guy. Yeah, yeah. It is like, you know, he's oh. like the go-to guy who for every sort of war film ever made um, in the last <laughs> sort of 20 years. Um, uh, you've got to be cast to be cast. Yes. But it's that, it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You Tell me about that, Lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah okay moving on um <laughs> there's another great line in this that um because i got it playing in the background as well um and it's just popped back uh, and it's i find the idea of a thinking bug offensive offensive oh what a great car- i i wish i knew his name what a brilliant performance for that one line yeah timothy mcneil um, Timothy McNeil. Timothy McNeil. He has been in everything. He does, he's, he's, he's an actor and he's a writer as well, but he has been in everything. And he usually plays sort of... Um, uh, he, he essentially plays the annoying dick in most in yeah. most things that he's in. He's like the go-to sort of prick that you want to cast. Um, just because I think... He's, you know, he's probably a really, really nice guy, but he's just got one of those faces, haven't he? Oh yeah, man. He, he, I mean, the, 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 it's the big kind of bug eyes and yeah, the, the teeth which don't fit his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but again, see, it's it's you got to be cast, uh, typecast, uh, cast to be typecast. Yeah, and uh, he he's perfect for that. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, we've been talking now for the best part of like over an hour on this one. No. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. I day. No, we carry on. Um, it's absolutely flown by. Um, don't know what our listeners will make of it, but I. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we can no longer go to Resolven or Buenos Aires. So um... <laughs> uh. now, use the question about this. Okay, e, this is one of my. I, I really, really, really uh, like this film, but mm-hmm. obviously. On the, on the Undead Wookiee, we, you know, we, we give scores for this. Uh, where would you come in on a score for this? Out of ten. Ooh. Out of ten. I mean, I'd give it a solid, solid eight, possibly even creeping up to a nine on this as a film. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, this is very, very much, it's an eight. Um, is it perfect? No. 
Um, I think, you know, it does have some clunking moments. Smart, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I think, but it's, it's carried out and it's executed by Verhoeven superbly. Absolutely superbly. I mean, you look at it and you've got the fact that it's a sci-fi film. Taking yeah. it just on that, it's an excellent sci-fi film. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, you look at it as a political commentary. It is, even though some people didn't get it, it is brilliant. When you look at narrative, it's simple. There's nothing convoluted or uh, contradictory in it. No. Nope. It is just what it is. You got to score it on those. Yeah, yeah, really. completely. And I and I come in at, and I definitely come in on this as an eight out of ten. Um, I think it's a must see. Um, I think it's oh, a yeah. must so must own. Um, yes. Yeah. And like I said, you can enjoy this film on a number of le- number of levels. But the one caveat I would give it is: do not come into this um, expect you know trying to sort of think, approach it from a very very serious minded point of view. It is a satire. Um, it is, it is a real send up in so many ways. And I think, you know, it's typified by Michael Ironside's brilliant performance in this. Oh, I'd watch it just for his performance in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when you get to see, um, because Michael Ironside is a great actor. He's a superb actor and he's, you know, he, 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 he's clearly having so much fun chewing the scenery in this at every opportunity. You know, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm giving this an eight out of ten. Even room to be, yeah, eight out of ten. Yeah, eight out of ten. Yeah, so my good friend, we have a little project coming up together, don't we? We certainly do. We certainly do. Yeah. So people on the show will probably, you know, whether you know, we've got a couple other episodes coming out, but we um, will be stepping into the realm of the slasher movie in the summer. And uh, I shall be putting my jodpers on and uh, picking up my megaphone. And uh, I shall be directing my, I suppose, my second short properly. But I would say it's probably my second short now. Um, And we're going to be looking at something called School Hall Slaughter. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to... uh, to working with you on that, and we're going to keep the listeners up to date, and we hopefully uh, we'll get everybody on at some point. We'll get the cast on, and we'll have a we'll have a bit of a chat about that. And you can all talk about me while I leave. You know, I'll sign off for a little while, and you can all talk about how horrific your time was. Well, uh, I just want to say I can't work under these conditions. As it is, <laughs> I'll be in my trailer, and when I say that, I mean my Ford Anglia. <laughs> and when I say for that, yeah. <laughs> so now, obviously, you've been on the. You know, this is your first time on the show. Yeah, can't wait to get you back on to talk about something else because we definitely got to come back. Um, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Oh right, well, um, I'm on Twitter um, at Pegla Lambert. Um, uh, I'm also uh, then on uh, Facebook. I have uh, two lovely uh, a page and a, and a group which you can find me on Christopher Pegler Lambert. Um, uh, those of you who are interested, I'm also on Spotlight. Give me a little search on there. If you can give me a shout out, maybe on your Twitter here on that, that would be not a problem, amazing. my good friend. 
Not a problem. That would be awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, please feel free. Uh, I, I'll always answer any inquiries. Always looking for work. Desperately, desperately looking for work. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, j- just search my name. It's quite quite uh, a it's quite, unique one. It is. It is. So now you, you were going to be. Tra- you said about treading the board somewhere before while we were off air. Do you want to give that a little plug or? Um, do you know uh, where yeah, you're going to so be? I will be taking part in um, a Gurnoir Carol, which will be on in uh, Merthyr between the 19th and the 21st of December. There aren't many tickets left, um, uh, so get them while you can. Uh, but a couple of little projects coming up in the new year as well, which will all be posted on my social media. Awesome. Now, you were also in a short film that has sort of garnered a little bit of attention recently called The Swimmer. Uh, swimming. Oh, swimming, sorry. How far sorry. is too far? Mm. Yeah, so, lovely little film, uh, written by a guy called Joshua Jarman. Um, really, really nice little piece, um, a comedy. I play Gethin Jenkins, uh, a man who is, uh, a long distance swimmer who is trying to go to America. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lovely little short, it really is. It's just one, um, uh, the award of distinction at the Canada Short Films Festival, so that's really nice. Get a little bit of uh, uh, recognition for that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's doing the, the circuit at the moment, so keep your eye out for it, guys. I'd say you're going from that high to school hall slaughter. Talk about v- <laughs> varied. It's all swings and roundabouts, mate. Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> oh, I'm really looking forward to doing a horror pick. I really am. Um, I can't, uh, I, you know, I can't wait to get, you get know. going. Yes. So I can't <laughs> as wait. As you know, I... Go, go on. Yeah, Shoot. me too, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But as you know, I really am scared of horror films. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I can't watch them. I I I'm, I scream. I yes, shout. Yes. Yes. Uh, I hide my eyes. Where um, were you? Were you shouted "fuck my ass"? Um, um, and that wasn't me. I said, "What's the fucking point?" <laughs> um, uh, that was sixteen oh eight. That was the um, uh, Stephen King yes movie. Yeah. Um, and those of you who have seen it uh, will know that there's a scene where he tries to escape through the ventilation system yeah. <laughs> and there's this horrible kind of burnt corpse thing which just runs at him and at this point I just gave up and screamed at the top of my lungs in the cinema um, and uh, yeah yeah uh, I, we also I was saw... with your brother yeah we oh, went so. to see um, oh my bloody valentine in 3D <laughs> <laughs> Just, just kill the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I shout out at the cinema. I can't help it. I'm sorry to anybody who, are, who have ever upset in the cinema. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's just what I do. Uh, yeah. Mr. Lambert, thank you so much for being on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And we, are, we will get you back on very, very, very soon. Uh, excellent, man. Excellent. Keep in touch. There's a good couple of films that I, uh, I'd i love to chat about again. Definitely. Um, if your listeners will have me back. Of course we will. Of course we will. Sir, it's been a, a privilege. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Take care, my oh, good well. friend. Take care. <laughs> you take care. Bye-bye. 
once again, I want to say a big thank you to Chris for being on. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we've been threatening to have him on since the very inception of this podcast, and it's taken this long to uh, to get him here. So fingers crossed, we'll have him back very, very soon. Now, I need to take this opportunity to thank some people who have donated to uh, our GoFundMe campaign, which is in aid of School Hall Slaughter, which is a short film that I shall be direct- directing. Sorry. Losing the one. <laughs> Getting a bit slap happy here, um, which I shall be directing over the summer. Um, don't forget, you can go to our page. Um, you can uh, see updates. Um, you can see um, how we're getting on. Honestly, all the money for this doesn't go into anyone's pocket. It all goes directly up on the screen where we're use, using the funds for our... Or it's going to be an all practical effects affair. We're going to be... Um, you know, it's all about, you know, for getting equipment higher, buying equipment, everything that you donate will be there up on screen. And for your donation, you get a very special thank you in the credits and a shout out on the podcast, which brings me nicely to our next bit. Once again, Mr. Peter Nielsen, yes, friend of the show, man of retro movie geek fame, um, has donated. Um... David Charlesworth has also donated, so big thank you to you, sir. And Paul Maskell, again, thank you very much. Honestly, I'm I'm so humbled by the um, by the people's generosity. Honestly, thank you so much. But don't forget, get over and check out our GoFundMe page. All donations of all shapes and sizes are welcome. Every little bit counts. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for what the Wookie watched. And up first, we have got. Fear.com Four years old. What happened to him? Must have been into computers, this guy. Do you want to see more? We have another one. There are five bodies so far. Oh my god. The one thing that all the victims have in common is the fear of sight. We gotta get these computers checked out. I'm waiting for you. Don't you want to play with me? Every one of these victims died two days to the minute after they first logged on to the fear site. The things on that site no one has ever seen before. It's spreading. Police! There's no telling how many are infected. Can you promise me one thing? That you won't visit that site? I'm coming for you. Do you want to play? To catch the killer, he must become the victim. Sorry, did that scare you? 
Okay, that was the trailer for 2002's Fear.com, directed by William Malone, direct, written, not directed, sorry, by uh, Moshe Diamat and Josephine Coyle. It stars Stephen Dorff, Natasha McElhorn, Stephen Rea, Uda Kerr, and Jeffrey Coombs. The, this... Uh, well, Oh, I got to be honest, guys. I did not enjoy this film in any way, shape, or cut form. Um, I couldn't even bring myself to <laughs> to kind of read you the synopsis. Um, what a waste of a good cast! What a waste of a good cast! I mean, let's be fair, the internet has been around now since, for a fairly long time, so by 2002 we kind of worked out how, we, how, how it should go. But yet they fall back on hackneyed... Oh, it, it starts off well. It does. It starts off really, really well and then just descends into an absolute fucking shambles um basically we got the story when four bodies are discovered among the industrial decay and urban grime of new york city doesn't even look like new york um brash young detective mike riley stephen dorff looks like he's about fucking 50 in the film um teams with an ambitious department of health right okay okay i'm reading the synopsis and i'm getting more and more wound up since when do the department of health undertake cybercrime investigations since when when? Tell me. Uh, basically, it, it plays up like a third-rate se- seven. Um, it's got a talented cast that is completely wasted. Stephen Rear as the film's big bad guy is totally redundant. Jeffrey Coombs is completely underused in it. Um, the convoluted ghost-in-the-shell storyline of a vengeful spirit haunt- haunting the internet adds absolutely nothing to the story. Um, this film is mundane. Um, it's incoherent at times. Um, it's got little going for it. It really has got absolutely little going for it. And, oh, I don't know. I just, I I hate being negative of it because, you know, nobody sets out to make a bad film. Nobody ever does that. Somebody put, you know, really, you know, put their heart and soul into this, you know. But it just falls flat and it's lazy and badly written and everybody you know you can clearly see the cast do not have a clue what is going on around them um and like i said when you have a test that uh, test see i'm incandescent with rage at this moment in time. when you have a cast this good um what a waste wasted 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 opportunity um and it just kind of throws everything at it it's a bit like a pebble dash effect we're going to throw some j horror in there we're going to throw some into online horror in there um we're going to get some great sort of character actors in jeffrey combs Stephen. Re- it's just a mess it's a mess um and i'm going to give this one um two out of ten Okay, up next we have got Revenge from 2017. Let's check out the trailer. Jennifer? Stand Dimitri, my associates. You're not my type, that's all. <laughs> What's your type? 
Okay, that was the trippy trailer for Revenge from 2017. Now, I'm about to butcher a whole host of names, so I apologise now. It was directed by Corelli Fagit, uh, and it was also written by Corelli Fagit. Um, it starred Matilda and Ingrid Lutz, uh, Kevin Janssens, uh, Vincent Colombay, Guillermo Buccedi. I apologise, I am just butchering these names, I know. Um, And this is very much um, a rape-revenge story where a millionaire takes his mistress out to his desert sort of uh, love nest, I suppose, um, where he is joined by his two other wealthy friends. And during the course of their stay, one uh, one of his friends sexually assaults the uh, the character of um, oh I want to say yeah it's um, Matilda yes Matilda yes sorry um, he's you know um, no it's not it's Jen Jen yes it's Jen sorry completely ignore me I don't know why I said Matilda because Matilda's the actress um, sexually assaults uh, Jen um, they then throw her off a cliff uh, where she is impaled on a tree and left for dead. Um, this film is visually stunning. Absolutely, the, the desert scenery, the um, the whole way in which that this film looks is you know does set it apart from your usual sort of rape revenge kind of stories. Um, whereas usually they tend to be quite dark and quite grimy, this is very very bright, uh, shot with a lot of panache. Um, visually, it is a very very engaging film. Um, it is incredibly gory incredibly gory um the in the where the scene where jen's character is impaled on the tree um and later on where she removes said impalement from her stomach is is, yeah it's pretty hard going and the scene with glass in one of the character's foot is um again brings tears to the eyes it's quite a very i have i always have slight difficulties talking about these films because I always feel that whenever these films the, the, the sort of the revenge films are, are, are sort of discussed or shot I think it's sort of very very quickly and in th- and I think this is very much the case in, in with this film is that it very very becomes from the male perspective um this film is not subtle in any way shape or form um you know Jen's character is both uh, metaphysically and physically reborn after spending a drug induced night in a cave where she performs surgery on herself and then sort of heals the wounds by branding um herself and sort of cauterizing the wounds using a, a heated beer can and she has a phoenix then emblazoned upon her stomach and she s- emerges from her cave um, wielding a shotgun um, in, you know, with nothing on her feet uh, and just in her bra and pants, um, all, you know, strategically ripped to show just a little bit of tintillating flesh. Um, and that's where I kind of... I, I know people say, oh, this is a film, you should suspend disbelief, but I think when you are dealing with subjects like sexual assault, I think you need to pay them, uh, you know, the respect that it deserves. Um, that scene itself is not shot in a titillating or graphic way. You don't actually see, um, you see enough that, to know exactly what's happened, but you don't, 
it doesn't go into we're not into sort of ice bit in your grave or last house on the left territory and you know this that is is done very well but it's it's the it's the aftermath and i know that you know people say oh well it's all about the revenge well yes i get that but actually i think that it just sort of it just doesn't quite sit well for me and it comes very very much from a male perspective that the the female protagonist um, emerges from the cave, and it's very, very on the nose, emerges from the cave as a shotgun, barefooted barbarian, um, a la sort of Furiosa of, uh, you know, Mad Max fame. It's, you know, it's entertaining at times, and, you know, the deaths and the revenge scenes are very, very gory, um, but it does sort of, I don't know, it just doesn't, there's something that doesn't sit quite comfortable with me with this film. That being said, um, Matilda Lutz, um, his performance is very, very good. Um, Vincent uh, Colombo, uh, or Colombi, um, is very, very good as Stan, um, the sleazy, um, there's a lot of gooning in his performance, but actually it, it works quite well. Um, Kevin uh, Janssen's is is very very dislikable from the very beginning. Um, however, I suppose you know they, they fulfil you know they fulfil the roles that they're supposed to. Um, but the film does slip over into the realms of total implausibility. I mean, you know, the character of Jen goes through um, such physical. Um, a physical ordeal that it would sort of put somebody from the SAS on their back. Um, that being said, like I said, it's visually stunning. There's good performances in it. There's, there's some sort of eye-watering gore moments in this. Um, and, you know, there is a level of entertainment to be had here. Um, but again, my difficulty with the film is that it tackles the issue of sexual assault and revenge from a very, very, very male perspective. Um, and that doesn't quite sit well with me. I don't know as a sort of, I don't know, 39-year-old white male middle-class guy from South Wales, I can genuinely talk about this you know, subject um, in any way that makes it sound comfortable. But... Um, I don't know. I think sometimes these things can be handled a little better. But there is, you know, there are things to enjoy with this film. If you are a fan of the of the revenge genre, then you know, definitely one to watch. Um, visually, it's stunning. There's great performances from his female lead, and I would give this a five point five out of ten. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, got a quick episode this week. Um, a little bit fallen behind. Do apologise for that. Lots of voiceover work coming. Yay! But sorry, guys. So, But we will be back on it very, very soon, I promise you. So, as our time draws to an end, there's only one thing left for me to say in the immortal words of Countacular. Good night out there. Whatever you are.
This is Al from Cadavercast. You've been listening to the Undead Wookie. The back.